Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to The Big Stream. I am Liam McEwen here today with Stephen Douglas, both of The Big Lead, famously. And we are here, we have gathered to discuss episode three of House of the Dragon. It was the most eventful episode yet. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. There were um, There was a lot to talk about. Lots of battle scenes, which was obviously very enjoyable. There was also a significant time leap in our narrative. I think that will probably be the best starting point to launch off of. Uh, Stephen, how did you feel about the three-year time jump that took place between episode two and episode three? Uh, hi, Liam. I, I thought the time jump was a little jarring. Um I don't know. I, all that happened in three years on this show, uh, they yada, yada, yada over a lot of stuff. But apparently nothing happened in three years. They had a baby. They had a, We missed a royal wedding. And the baby had his second name day, and nothing has changed. Uh, our anti-hero or whatever, Damon Targaryen, is still over in the uh, Stepstones. Just... Uh, They've just been in a standoff for almost three full years. Um, I don't know. I, I I wasn't a fan of it. They I was not a fan of the uh, passage of time. I thought it made sense, and uh, they they did like a six month jump in the last episode, which you know fine. But now we're just kind of tearing right through this, and I feel like I don't know over that amount of time. Things are going to happen, and they didn't. Yeah, it was kind of weird for them to just, you know, they set up all of these conflicts at the end of season two, as large as Prince Damon and Lord Corliss kind of like having their own mini rebellion by going and attacking Crab Feeder and all of his cronies. And that is to as small as, you know, Rhaenyra and Allison's relationship obviously coming to like quite the tense head, what with Allison marrying her best friend's dad and having his children who could be usurping Rhaenyra's throne in the future. And they just kind of skipped over all that. And the last time that we talked about uh, Game of Thrones together, you said that Game of Thrones and the House of the Dragon are, you know, well, Game of Thrones broadly 
House of the Dragon, if it follows in the footsteps, are they're, they're showing, not telling shows. They show things that happen. Okay. And if they don't show what happens, then that likely means it didn't happen or has yet to happen. And the whole nature of the time jumps that they're going across here forces them to tell us. You know, they have to tell us how much time has passed. I said in the last episode when we were reviewing episode two that I was interested in seeing how this would operate as a plot device. And in, from certain angles, the time jumps are useful. I kind of like them. I think it speeds up the pace of everything in a way that Game of Thrones didn't. And this game, this show was never going to be a replacement for Game of Thrones. And I think it was like a smart overall strategic decision to not try to drag people into the same slogging storyline that has its you know, ups and downs and instead opting for a quicker pace. But I think, you know, the way that they went about it and then the amount of time that they jumped is more damaging than it is anything right now because it's just kind of asking us to believe that in this insane universe and then with all of the stuff that they built up that nothing of note happened for three entire years. And then the stuff of note that did happen, like the air being born, which was like this whole, you know, lifelong quest for Viserys was having a male heir. And they're just kind of like, yeah, he, it, it happened. He's he's pretty happy about it. Anyway, <laughs> like it was, I don't know. There was some, I don't know how they could have done it better necessarily, but it wasn't, I mean, they kind of backed themselves into a corner by choosing to do a three-year time jump without having any alternative way to explain or show what happened other than vague references essentially yeah i don't i just don't understand why it had to be a three-year time jump unless they're just following some sketch of a timeline that george martin had uh in some book about a book about a book um why, why couldn't it have just been a month where they were at a standstill and he got married and she's immediately pregnant I mean, that alone is enough to have the conversation of uh, who's the who's the new heir. I mean, and apparently he's not he didn't want to change the, his heir. He wanted to stick with his daughter, which is fine. But I mean, in I mean, was it? it's like four years since the mother died now and they've had like two conversations. He couldn't have taken he couldn't have gotten drunk in the first month and said, you know, I am going to stick with you. It just, and I just have so many questions about, I mean, there aren't really that many questions, but it's just a big problem with this thing at the Stepstone where, where they've got this, they totally glossed over this super badass looking, I mean, he's obviously got a, what, uh, what's it called? The dragon scale. I assume that's what uh, has ravaged this man, the crab catcher, which, or crab feeder. I mean, what a absolutely hilarious He's character. Two sides of the same coin, crab catcher and crab feeder, really. Yeah. And their big thing is, oh, well, they, they live in these these uh in the caves, but somehow with uh, uh a small army and a couple dragons keeping them in the caves, they we can't control the shipping lanes all of a sudden for three years that we're still here. I mean, they're in caves, just put large boulders in front of the caves and they'll all die, right? They kept I mean, referencing the fact that Damon and the Corliss uh, or the Valerian family were losing but never like 
should just like showed us how they could possibly be losing. They had the opening scene where he's out there like breathing dragon fire on everybody, and then you see them all running back into the caves. Then it flashes. It's like it's been three years, and they've been fighting in the caves that entire time. Like there was no like, it, and then the Valerians were all complaining about how Damon was the reason they were losing. Like they didn't even explain that. They just sort of vaguely alluded to that and went along. And I was like, well, what do you mean? How could he possibly be that much of a detriment with a fucking dragon? Like it doesn't. It didn't yeah. make a ton of sense. <laughs> so, I, 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 we might as well just jump ahead to the big battle at the end, which uh, we're in our third episode. Um, this, everything about this was unearned. Um, it was, it was well done. You know, it was cool. A lot of blood and gore, and you know, we got the dragon reveal. Um, we get the. Uh, I don't. Even... It's like they did the Jamie Lannister thing, the complete, um, the complete reversal, and and uh, where you give him his—I uh, can't even think of the word—where where you you make good. Your my brain is empty. <laughs> redemption. Yes, redemption story. <laughs> Damon gets the re Jamie Lannister redemption where he goes from the horrible bad guy in the first episode to the hero based on nothing. And we're supposed to care. I mean, is he a good guy now all of a sudden? Because his brother was sick of him getting being ineffective over in the step zone. And now he went in and killed this guy that we really know nothing about. He's like, he's like uh dragon stone, dragon skin Ramsey Bolton. But we know nothing about him. We never even he never even says a word. He just nods at his his cave dwellers. And this battle scene, it's like the it's like Jamie Lannister, it's like the Jon Snow at Winterfell, uh, the big battle where he's just covered in blood, taking on everybody. And I mean, this is a bad guy. This is this is the bad guy right now. There's nothing that was like now we're supposed to root for this guy, but apparently we are. And he's presented as like the hero at the end of the episode. And I don't know, just like none of this is like something that would have this battle is like something that would happen at the end of the season, like eight, episode eight or nine. And it just happens in episode three. And there's and apparently they went three years having the perfect way to draw them out. And did not try it until he got a letter from his brother saying, you know what, I'm going to come help you. So then he's like, well, I'll try and sacrifice myself, but not really sacrifice myself. And they don't just kill him. It's the classic bad guy thing where you don't just kill the good guy. You wait and you all surround him and then you get your asses kicked. It's just so dumb. I'm I'm sorry. This is this part completely lost me this was completely out of order they did not earn it i mean it was well done sure but i don't know i don't know where you go from here well to keep criticizing that scene it made it wasn't really explained how having prince damon attempting to go like 1v1000 the entire army was actually a great way to draw them out that seems like the most obvious ploy in the history of battle tactics even if the crab feeder isn't that smart, how have they been, you know, fighting against him ineffectually for three years? Um, the one-on-one -on -one sword play with Damon running through all those guys was sick. That mm -hmm. was, like, my one, like, 
positive takeaway from the overall battle scene was that that was awesome. What was less awesome was the fact that he went a full like 120 seconds of screen time sprinting through volley after volley of arrows and not even having one come close. Like if I, he finally did eventually get hit. And, you know, he's kind of the implication there was that he's like a little bit more of like a evolved fighter than all these guys he's facing and he's pretty fast and blah 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 but those dudes are shooting like stormtroopers man like it wasn't even it was truly was not none of them even came close and that was a little that was a little silly that was imagine, a little being, imagine me and rick and stark and seeing this and being like, <laughs> oh, that's bullshit <laughs> it's not that fucking that. Easy. fuck out of here come on yeah so the the lead-up didn't make a lot of sense the actual battle didn't make a ton of sense and then i personally strongly disagreed with the creative decision at the end of the episode where damon disappears in the cave and then comes back with half of crab feeder's torso like a that was kind of gross but b you know they they did a pretty okay job of setting up this crab feeder as like kind of this you know sort of other like other nature villain you know i mentioned it a lot last episode but it was like he's human but like he's not quite human is sort of was like kind of the build up there and then he's just now dead he's he's dead he's done like what are they going to do with that but then they have Damon like sprint in those caves and then comes out just covered. Like, how did he even manage to do that? I assume that we'll get some sort of opening scene next week where they're like, here's what actually happened with Damon in the caves. But like, we won't really care that much. It's more of like a morbid curiosity. Like, Crab Feeder wasn't enough of a villain to give him this kind of treatment. I don't know. There was just a lot, a lot happened that like, if you were just watching it and you had your brain turned off, you were like, damn, that was pretty cool. But then you turn your brain back on and you start thinking about how all the pieces fit together and they just didn't like it all. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The pacing is just off. I I mean, there, it, it feels like Game of Thrones, but it's just, I don't know. They're just not, not working with the same like detailed playbook that, they were early in the original series. So, I mean, what can you do? You got to make all this stuff up. And, I mean, apparently they have to cover these 178 years before uh, Daenerys is born. So, I, I mean, how how much time is going to jump next episode? I mean, is he, he going to be back uh, in charge of the King's Guard? <laughs> um I don't know what whatever, but uh, so let's let's go back and talk about our our princess who was uh kind of sidelined this episode except for, or or we should... <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. I mean, let's let's start with uh with the hunt, the big hunt for for baby eggs uh second name day. Uh, were were you excited for the hunt? Uh, yeah, I mean, the hunt from the first season of Game of Thrones was, like, pretty cool. I think that was one of those, you know, thinking about it in retrospect, that was one of those moments when you're watching the show and you're like, this is kind of unique and unlike anything else I've ever seen because of, you know, they really, like, went in on the whole hunt concept and it was super detailed and all that stuff. But then, obviously, the actual hunt turned out to be nothing, and it was just the king getting absolutely shit-faced while Rhaenyra ran off, which, important for the development of the plot, I'm not sure how enjoyable all that was to watch, but 
watching uh Sarah Cole kill that boar was really something. Yeah, um, and we got to see her use some of her uh dragon rage, her teenage dragon rage. Um the hunt uh seemed a lot less impressive. It seemed uh a lot more like uh one of those rich guy uh big game hunts. Um, where somebody else does all the work for the king, they uh, tie down the giant heart, wh- which uh, just one of those things where they have to give a uh, special name to something that's like very common. Like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a buck, it's a, it's a large stag. Um, you know, is there not to the Baratheons? I don't know. I, I mean, I never heard. I don't remember ever hearing the uh, term a heart in uh, the original show. So the king looked super awkward. Uh, he was very, I mean, it took him a couple big stabs with his uh, special knight, his special uh, pointy bow staff that he got from uh, Kevin Lannister. Who, who's spear. Yeah, you know, his big spear. Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm not good with words today. Pointy bow staff is tremendous, and I think we should refer it to that going forward. <laughs> Well, I've been watching Ninja Turtles instead of Game of Thrones. <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, that looked pathetic. Um, and then I guess it's a sign that the White Heart appeared. It's uh, appeared to Rania. And um, yeah, that whole thing was a little unclear to me exactly what like the symbolism was there. It was like it appeared to the true heir, maybe, or like the the, the proper Targaryen. Then it ran away. I get why she didn't want to kill it, but it was, I don't know, like in retrospect, there was kind of a lot of vague importance placed on the white part specifically. And then yeah. it just wasn't there. So nothing really like changed. Like it could have used with a teensy bit more exposition as much as the criticism we've given this show about the telling versus showing thing. Some exposition is sometimes necessary instead of like when, when they didn't, I mean, that was the thing about it is that the the Viserys didn't even seem like that mad when they were like we didn't find the white one we just found the big deer and like you'd think I don't know and with the importance of what came immediately after that I thought there would be something a little bit more there but instead he was just extremely hung over and had to stab it twice and then walked away looking sad yeah like was it I mean was it even just a vision because I mean what was Kristen Cole gonna do with a sword from like 50 feet away he wasn't gonna sneak up on the thing um so i i don't really know if she really needed to tell him uh no don't <laughs> don't kill this uh this wild animal this so giant go, wild animal to go run sprinting away. after it in full armor be careful sir Kristen. <laughs> so yeah uh so going back to the uh to the big party um we we've had another we've had a lot of, a lot of proposals a lot of that's that's gonna be a big part of this season maybe um where different a lot of matchmaking uh west westeros uh swipe right swipe left um, or they'll just do a 10-year time jump and she'll already be married with a couple of kids and we'll just be robbed of the entire experience who knows we don't <laughs> uh we'll we'll see how fast her uh two-year-old half-brother uh matures which i mean those Targaryens, man, and and it's weird that the Targaryen, the king, is like the one who uh, isn't really interested in that part. Um, so, at what point were the Targaryens so into incest? Um, 
I don't it was either know. way before or it has yet to happen. I'm hoping for way before because the incest thing again, weird. But yeah, I mean that was quite. It, Otto Hightower is the old. I will say that Otto Hightower is the only character out of all the other characters who has visibly grown older. I feel yeah. like he's like really run ragged at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, I I feel like uh, King Viserys his his hair has gotten a little flatter. Um, maybe his he just doesn't have the pressure in his shower head. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but he he he's starting to look a little older. Um, but yeah, a uh, couple years and our princess hasn't aged at all. Um, the queen looks looks very good. She looks just as seventeen as she did in the uh, very first episode. Uh, she's very pregnant again. She's obviously just going to start popping out children at a record pace. Um, lots and lots of heirs for uh, Renaries to worry about. We we see the the Lannisters have are famous for twins. Apparently, um, we we got our first set of the Lannister twins. Um, we got a what seemed. I mean, he's obviously very into himself. But, I mean, I, I thought his proposal was, I mean, decent enough. He was, he just did not meet a willing participant, either in his uh, his potential bride or her father, the king. They were they were not very impressed with the uh, Lannisters, and I, it, it's nice to know that that's something that goes back centuries, where the Lannisters are just kind of dicks, and everybody kind of knows <laughs> it, uh, even when they're they're not. Just like, oh, well, the hunting at Casterly Rock is is not to be compared. It is amazing. And, oh, well, I have room for a dragon pit, which is which is a heck of a flex, I think. <laughs> yeah. I got a 12-car garage, baby. Like, Yeah, I mean, that thing can be converted. We'll get, we'll get some of my Lamborghinis out of there, and there's room <laughs> for a dragon. Easy. Uh, yeah, I mean... He certainly embodied the whole Lannister thing. He was just a bit less of a dick because he wasn't, you know, didn't have supreme power, unlike his ancestors will. I do think that um, the track they're following with Viserys telling Rhaenyra's uh, to, you know, go and find the partner that you want is uh, interesting because it's like the first, Viserys is fairly reasonable for a king, which is why he's mm -hmm. a bad king so far, it would seem. He's a little bit too accommodating for other people's feelings. But I don't really, the show hasn't really given us like a decent example of who she might actually choose. Because so far there was only some implied attraction to Allison. Obviously that's gone. They could do the betrothal to the, her half-brother. Um, you know, that one, I don't. I mean, that wouldn't line up with the Sarah's telling her to go find somebody she loves, so I wouldn't consider that to be high on the list. There, I think maybe it must have been really the front run, the uh, leader in the clubhouse right now is the Valerian who, uh, or the Valeron, fuck, I don't even know, but the, the, the kid riding the dragon at the end of this episode, the third, the new dragon that we saw, which was also came as a pretty big surprise that that existed, but this new dragon that he was doing a pretty okay job using and killing people and it was blue i think and so that that you know it seems like i think that was the suggested uh match that somebody i don't remember who but somebody came up with that match for Rhaenyra's uh earlier in the episode 
and now he has a dragon, or well, had a dragon. Now we know he has a dragon. You know, pretty high in the power rankings. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe it's just because the show was so poorly lit from start to finish that, like, I mean, we, I mean, I figured a dragon was coming, but the fact that there was somebody on it who was not Targaryen, I guess, I, I couldn't tell who it was. I couldn't tell if it was the same dragon, a different dragon, because I mean, I mean, I'm sorry to say this, but a, a lot of dragons look the same to me. Um, <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, yeah, okay, so that's that's one of the Valerian people, um, apparently. Okay, um, I <clears throat> I would say that right now the my what I would expect was would be either. Um, well, first of all, she she did specifically. There was a specific line where it's like, "You think a man can make me happy?" Um, that was in this, which which implies that she is might be gay. Um, which I don't know if we've dealt with that with female characters in Game of Thrones. I'm sure George Martin would uh, be happy to write it. Um, so if it's not Alicent who married the king which I guess that takes her out of the running now. Um, I would say it's probably going to be, I mean, Damon, maybe. I I mean, that's that goes with the Targaryen thing. Um, I don't know. He's being, he's seems like he's set up to come back into the fold now, back with the family. Or, um, God, oh, Kristen Cole, obviously, is somebody that she might have developed feelings for. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I, I just hope my princess is finds happiness with someone besides a Lannister, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure we can rule out because, uh, Targaryens and Lannisters, we would have heard about that in the last episode, last season. Like, uh, well, they tried that once and it didn't quite work out. Yeah. We know for sure it's not going to be a Lannister because that was probably a large part of the reason they threw in all their weight behind the Baratheons and the rebellion in the first place to, overthrow the Targaryens. I don't think that would have sat so well if there would have been previous marriage there and they were intermingled in the royal line. Um, yeah, I feel less good about the direction of the show than I did after the previous episode. The previous episode had some, like, there were developing plot points that you could kind of see the, like, motivation. You understood why it was happening and the possibilities were endless, obviously, so there was some excitement there. And now it's sort of unclear what's going to be happening. Um, you know, we don't know who the princess is going to marry, and there's, there's a fairly short list of viable candidates, especially we don't know anything about the vast majority of them. Um, the crab feeder is dead. So all of the I spent like 10 minutes last podcast talking about how Game of Thrones is at its best when there's like a regular threat and then another worldly threat, and now that one's fucking gone. Um, yeah, so what's the threat now? Yeah, what's the threat? Like, I guess it's Damon, kind of, but uh, I'm not sure uh, yeah, how it, this... I'm like, because the, the king went and, like, launched ships to help him, so the political power move of him going to help his brother has already been played. It doesn't matter if the people were... if the enemies are dead by the time they get there. So, like, what's the, what's the threat? I don't know. Like, there isn't even really any more. There isn't, like, a big, you know, controversy over the air... Because the princess is still young, the king isn't any closer to death. We got no update on his condition uh, no, this episode. No. 
Um, so, and I think that like everybody's minds are a little bit more at ease because they were like, well, if we just take care of Rhaenyra, we'll have the, you know, the half son. And that's like the implication is that there will be some Game of Thrones politicking going on later, but you don't know when. They're keeping us on our toes with this time jumping shit. Like, I just don't, I don't know. This wasn't a, this, this was an episode that it seemed like they cobbled together to be like, this is what will keep people interested because it had all the crazy action scenes. But in the process, they sort of butchered the plot that they had built to that point. And it could be, you know, we've seen other shows that throw everything out the window in the first four episodes and take a completely different tact. And it works sometimes. I'm not sure if it'll work for this one, but I guess we you know, just have to see how it unfolds. Yeah, I was just thinking about how um, in in the original when we are introduced to Tywin and he's, he's cutting up the, uh, the stag and butchering it. It's just, they did such a good job of like, of just establishing who these people are and as good, bad, you know, brutally effective at what they do. And I don't know, we, except Damon is like the only one who's, been uh really well established right now and then they did a heel uh i guess a face turn for him with out really without there was just no work towards this redemption it just it, it it didn't make sense um he so i guess now half the people that are affected by the shipping lanes being cleared are gonna uh root for him but i mean we they did a, that was like the one bit of humor in the entire episode was the one guy who's like oh yes my prince has saved me and then he immediately gets stepped on by the dragon which is a great metaphor for exactly how it's gonna go uh but yeah the show just has like none none of the humor of the original um there's no there's no Tyrion, there's no Bronn, there's no uh loving brothers from Winterfell who, you know, no busting of chops. It's just very, it's dark and it's dark. It's poorly lit and it's depressing. And I don't know. They just, I mean, it's fine, but it's just, it, you know, I, I give it like three dragon tooths out of six right now. I put it, I, I I thought lesser of it. I think it's two dragon twos out of six. I just, um, you know, it's it's like you were saying, the show kind of lacks any of the, like, uplifting, redeeming qualities of Game of Thrones just to make things easier to watch. Right now, their closest approximation is the angsty father-daughter relationship between the king and the princess. The king's cousin, who we all thought was going to be a big power player, is gone. Who knows where she is? She disappeared for an episode. It's, uh, it's like this is good. it's like everybody's early Jon Snow. I mean, there's no there's no Ned Stark who you're who you're really enjoying and rooting for early. Um, I mean, the king's kind of bland. The princess is just very dour. Jon Stark, sullen teenager, um, but without any of the fun parts. I don't even know if we've seen her smile in three episodes. No, I don't believe we have, and if we have, it was for the briefest of moments. Uh, this is a this is a transitional episode essentially. This is what this is the episode in my mind that's going to like. There were like the beginnings and the seeds were the first two episodes, and then the episode immediately after this is what the show is going to look like as a whole. 
And that will change my opinion of this episode, I think. But for now, it was confusing. You don't really know which direction anything is going in. There was a lot of exposition and like implication that was never used in Game of Thrones, but not necessarily a bad thing on its own. It just wasn't done that well, so therefore it becomes a bad thing. So I don't know. This uh, dampened my enthusiasm a little bit, but on the other end of the spectrum, there was lots of dragons breathing fire. So two dragons. Yeah, they're, they're they're definitely leaning on the dragons. We have dragons. Let's show the dragons. Um, you know, I mean the the crab feeder. He 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 kept looking up. He's like, "Are you sure there's not a dragon coming? I don't hear a dragon." Okay, I guess. I guess it's okay. That was the whole thing, though. He was so obviously like a careful and smart commander, and then he ushers in the rest of his army after the trap has been sprung. I don't... It made no sense, but that's okay, because we don't understand the crab feeder at all, so maybe I, that wasn't out of character for him. I hope the crab catcher's heir, the clam digger, shows up in the episode <laughs> to take in, take, retake control of the shipping lanes. And then next time Damon tries to walk through the beach, he gets pinched by all the cra- all the clams. <laughs> we need a fish hooker, maybe. Yeah, yeah. probably. I'll work on the wording on that. Don't take that as a suggestion. Um, all right, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I suppose. Hopefully, crab feeder has descendants. That would make uh, the show very interesting, even if it falls off everywhere else. That's all that we care about. Is more more seafood based uh villainry <laughs> yes give me all the seafood based villains and i will be happy thank you listeners for tuning in this is liam McEwen and stephen douglas from the big signing off on the big stream we'll see you next save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.